love him. Thank you, Jesus. Holy God, great and mighty God. Blessed be our great eternal one. I praise you, Jesus, and I worship you, my Holy Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, everybody said praise the Lord. You have a Bible tonight? Turn into the book of 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. Make sure you help people who are looking for where that's at. I think I've told you more than once I haven't always, hadn't always been in the church. And I certainly didn't know one book from another got to learn. Stick around here, you will. 2 Peter chapter 1. <clears throat> I'm beginning with verse 5. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. All right. And then I'm going to turn your attention just a few pages past that to the book of Jude, which uh, Jude is the very last book before Revelation. One small but power-packed book, letter, epistle, message. Jude, verse 4, For there are certain men crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God, our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 5, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed them, that believed not. All right. The Lord bless you. I'm going to try to minister for just a little bit tonight. Just a little bit tonight. On let's add to what we know. Let's add to what we know. Add to what we have. Okay? All right. You will notice that here in Peter's writing, and once again, Get it straight in your mind that Jesus gave birth to a church. He built that church. He did that. And, of course, it was the Spirit through that man, Christ Jesus, the Spirit that was in that man, Christ Jesus, the Spirit that was in him to the fullness, and how that he made it clear to all of those sad little minds that believed that the church somewhere along the line died and Jesus said the gates of hell would not prevail against the church. And it never has and it never will. The church that Jesus built has stood from that moment right until this moment. And will always be standing. Okay? How great that is. We're not a part of something that's in the 
uh, process of collapsing, or it collapsed and then it uh, somehow or another, you know, rebuilt and rebooted and all of that, and that all different kinds of uh, denominal people somehow pumped life back in to the church and restored truth. Don't you ever believe any such nonsense as that, okay? Jesus Christ built his church, and he built it to last and built it to stand, and it has and it will, and that's that. And so in giving his church last-minute instructions, sending them to the place where they would receive the great gift of the Holy Ghost, that he was about to pour out for whosoever will. And as he did do that, and they were gloriously baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, and the Bible teaching that they begin to fill the city where God did this with the doctrine, the apostles' doctrine, that doctrine that the early original church and the church today continues in, the apostles' doctrine. Okay, everybody said hallelujah. hallelujah. All right then. And so as the church filled the city with this great doctrine, the name of Jesus Christ, then of course the Lord arranged it that they would then move on to the uttermost parts of the earth. And the church has done that. And it will do it in fulfillment of Matthew 24, 14, where Jesus said that when this gospel... And as Paul said, there is no other. This gospel has been preached as a witness to all nations. Then shall the end come. So the church is pushing the outer limits of this world globally, bringing the message to everybody everywhere. The Spirit of the Lord has not been uh, asleep. He that keepeth us, he doth not slumber, he doth not sleep. And that the church has been vital and uh, working alive and just going forward all these centuries close to 20 of them and bringing the message to everybody everywhere even as God ordained it to do and that's why we have from Romans through to Revelation because the church went into different places and the church birthed new congregations in new places people were taught in home Bible studies or uh, witnessing to them. They were taught to, pre to, to believe this message as the church brought it and preached it and witnessed it to everybody, bringing the name of Jesus Christ, even as Philip did to Samaria, and as Paul did in the 19th chapter of Acts to those at the upper coasts of Ephesus, and as Peter brought it to Cornelius' house and many other outstanding examples in your Bible, bringing the message, bringing the message, bringing the message. Uh, faithful people as Aquila and Priscilla, others that Syntyche and uh, different ones that were faithful, faithful unto the Lord and succurs or helpers of, of the preacher and uh, the pastor and the apostle to bring this message, to uh, live the life and, and share the message and bring the light everywhere. And as they did so, new people were one and people in that city or in that town or village or hamlet, they lived there and they let their light so shine now that they were newly baptized in Jesus' name, now that they were freshly baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire, and these new congregations were started up in the name of Jesus Christ. And, and that's why, again, that you have uh, the book 
to the Ephesians, known as, uh, or those at Ephesus, known as the book of Ephesians, and uh, Philippi, that city, and became the Philippians, and uh, Galatia, and the Galatians, and so on and so forth. Messages were sent, and trying to help people to get rooted, and grounded, and settled, and established in the work of God, that they would be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And as this continued to go on, and continued to reach people, and following even uh, New Testament teaching, that you were to teach this to the children, teach this to the next generation, so that they could continue to bring it on. And here we are, as I said, 20 centuries or 2,000 years approximately down the road here, and the message is still preached. The church has never changed. The message has never changed. And it's the same today as your Bible said, Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, forever. Jesus Christ the same. He's not changing. His church isn't changing. The message isn't changing. And everybody said amen. Thank God. Come on. In Jesus' name. Oh, yes. And so you come to teaching here that the apostle Peter was inspired. Holy men of old were inspired or moved upon by the Holy Ghost. And they put things to pen. And in writing it, they sent it to the different congregations, and uh, again, helping them to get knowledgeable about the things of the Lord, for God to give us understanding, for God to give us knowledge, the Holy Ghost working in you, and you're growing, you're learning, you're quoting scriptures, you're reading the word, you're praying, calling on the name that's above every name, and he tells us, uh, according to his divine power, uh, hath given unto us all things, we're not lacking anything, you hear me, the church is lacking nothing and you want to believe that you've been given every good and every wonderful thing and if you don't have something that means it's it's something that you don't need and shouldn't have and it's detrimental to your spiritual well-being you don't want to involve yourself in things that are going to hurt you and harm you and trip you up and mess you up you don't want to get off course and off base you want to stay with the message stay on course stay with the truth Love the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. The book said that. So he's given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. And he's done it through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. God's called you to good things, great things, big things. Don't let the enemy talk you out of it. Don't let him twist up your mind. Don't let him have any portion or any part or any sliver of your mind. Don't let him into your heart. Don't allow that. You tell him he's a liar and the father of it. Amen. You tell him that because he is that. Tell him what he is. Call him what he is and send him packing down the road. The book said you resist him and he will flee from you. And everybody give God a big hand. Amen. So he went on to say, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. You talking about God giving us something exceeding great and precious promises. Those promises. How about I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's going to be there in your moment and your hour of need, your time of trouble. He's a very present help in a time of trouble. He is not a God that is afar off, but he's a God that's near and nigh, and he'll be that much closer if you'll draw near to him. Amen. 
exceeding great precious promises, that by these, that is, by these exceeding great and precious promises, you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped. You, re, you need to realize what you have escaped, what God's kept you from. You're not strung out on drugs. You're not addicted to all kinds of things, and you don't want to be. And let me tell you, if you've been raised here in this congregation, you need to thank God that you have tasted of the powers of the world to come. You have tasted of the heavenly gift. You have tasted of glorious and wonderful things and been a partaker of His divine nature, that you haven't been in contact with the baseness of human carnality, that you haven't been all wrapped up in lasciviousness and garbage and filth of this world, that you're not living in the gutter, that your mind is not a septic tank, that you're pure, your mind is pure, your virginity is intact. You need to be thankful about that. You need to thank God that the filthy hands of the devil haven't been all over you defiling you. You need to thank God for parents or parents that raise you in the truth that bring you to the house of God. Amen. want to defile yourself you don't want your eyes and ears to be used by the Hollywood of this life and the, the sick twisted minds that write the scripts and choreograph all the filth and putting that into the minds of millions and even billions of people all over the earth twisting and corrupting confusing people People are committing suicide. People are destroying their, their body, their, their temple. So many horrible things that are taking place all over the world, all over the world. I saw uh, a little something that had to do with a little boy, and he was, he was just a little guy. I believe he was, he was actually only about three years old. But he was, uh, he was very chunky, and uh, I believe he was maybe from over in Malaysia. And the big joke was that he smoked. And people would come from all over. Tourists would come from all over to look at him smoking and blowing little rings up into the air. And he would cry when he didn't have any more cigarettes. And they would give him more cigarettes. Three years old. Three years old. But they're not content with that only. They said that there's also an orangutan that does the same thing. What a world we live in. And never thinking about three years old and what's going on in those lungs what's taking place in that circulatory system what it's going to be like when somebody suddenly can't get any breath into their lungs try taking a breath and hold it for a while try that and see how you feel when you've held it as long as you can and then hold it a little longer and when you've done that try to go a little longer let's see how you feel because that's what it begins to feel like when somebody can't breathe when somebody can't get any air into their lungs their lungs are all clogged up and they're they're darkened by all kinds of noxious fumes and tar and nicotine and they have great cravings and yet they can't breathe it's a horrible horrible death to die uh, that you you can't breathe you can't get any air and your lungs begin to collapse horrible horrible death let me tell you there's a world that's bent on through all kinds of advertisements, all kinds of psychologically oriented 
uh, advertisement to get into your head, to get you to believe. Do you hear me? To get you to believe, to quit believing about Jesus and start believing about what they're saying, okay? And you want to remember what he said here in Jude, and that the Lord having saved somebody or somebodies, the Lord having brought that salvation. The matter of fact, there were three million that he saved and brought them out of Egypt. Egypt being a type of the world and how that God sent Moses, instructed Moses, and gave him uh, signs and said, go down there, meet with the elders in, in Egypt, the elders of Israel. They've been waiting 430 years. They've been waiting a long time. And I said that I would come visit them because now I've heard their groans. I've heard their cries. They tried it their way, and they tried it generation after generation, and they realize they've made a mistake. They realize they're in bondage. They realize that life is miserable, and they're watching their children go down the tube, so to speak. They're watching the misery of it all, and they're being made slaves there. And you go down there, Moses, and I will give you signs. And when Moses protested and said, I'm slow of speech, God got a little bit angry and said, who is it that made the mouth and the tongue and the ear? He said, what you got in your hand? I just got an old stick, a rod. God said, throw it on the ground. And he did. And when it did, it turned into a serpent. And then God said, pick it up. <laughs> you could just see Moses. He got it. And it turned back to a rod. Oh, friend. And God said, now, you think you can do the job? Well, no, God. Maybe you should pick somebody else. And God said, hadn't had enough, huh? He said, well, stick your hand back down there in your coat. Stuck his hand back down, took it out. There's leprosy. Eat up with cancer, in other words. Just flesh melting away. He's like, oh, God. And then God said, well, just go ahead and put it back. He put it back, brought it back out, and everything was fine. So you think you got enough now? He said, I believe, I believe I had enough. I believe I got it. Okay, ready to go. Don't make God <laughs> have, to, have to put you t through the ringer, if you please. Just go ahead and believe him. Just go ahead and believe him. He's a great God. Just do what he said. It's not hard. You don't need to fight God. You don't need to resist God. You don't, you don't need to uh, put God in some kind of test about this thing. You just need to believe him. Just go ahead and become cooperative. Get rid of your childish stubbornness and your childish rebellion. Get rid of that. Repent of that. Pray it over you. Get prayed over and say, God, I don't want to be immature. I don't want to be childish here. I do not want to be stubborn, God. I don't want to be pouting all the time. I don't want to be that way. I want to believe you. Save me, oh God. Don't let me waste time. Remember thy creator in the days of thy youth. While I'm young, while I'm strong, while I'm healthy. All the grace of God is being offered to me. Let me, God. Let me. Allow me, Jesus. Allow me. You can be seated. God bless you. And you know, he said, please note, he said, and the people, having known this, they knew it. It wasn't something they didn't know. It doesn't even indicate, uh, though I would have to say that more than likely, through the influx of so many, the bombardment of so many other things. So many other things. You're reading the Bible about busy, the word busy. Well, you can get busy about the wrong thing. Uh, 
Let's see, we got, you'll probably help me now. We got, we've got computers. We've got iPods. We've got iPads. You know. We've got Twitter. <laughs> I know there's other names. I just don't know them all. But they keep bringing them. They keep bringing them. They keep bringing them. And, uh, and people, I don't know, some people must spend 23 out of 24 hours on that thing, hopping from one to another, getting addicted. And don't forget the thumb exercises. My God, God forbid we have weak thumbs. Be able to exercise them. And constantly, constantly, a busyness, a constant bombardment of your mind. Okay, Facebook, right? That's the other thing. Facebook. And you got that. You got, I know there's Twitter and I, I don't know, Wikipedia, something out there. I don't know. My God, there's all kinds of things and all kinds of names. And every time you turn around, they've got something else. And oh, apps galore, right? Apps are us. And <laughs> my goodness. I asked somebody the other day, I said, do they have a, an app to get you from, you know, Fort Myers to Belle Glade and Belle Glade to Fort Myers where I could just, you know, hit a button and be there? I would like that app. That'd be nice. You know, they, they've got all kinds of things to tie up your mind. And they're going to keep inventing, inventing, inventing. And, and people are going to keep chasing the wrong things and, and, and get all busy and all caught up in the wrong things and wind up ignoring God, wind up missing the signals that God is sending to hearts. When all the while, here's, a, here's the, sp the Spirit moving through Jude and telling them about people who once knew this. There were people who once knew the truth. Well, I tell you, there was a very famous singer, uh, world-renowned, and uh, his, his uh, father got sick, and they put his father in the hospital. And while his father was in the hospital, the nurse came into his room. And while she was in there doing the things that she had to do to help him out, she began to witness to him. She was baptized in Jesus' name. She had the gift of the Holy Ghost. And she began to witness to this world-famous singer, his father. And this man looked at her and he said, oh yes, oh yes. He said, we once knew the way. We once knew the way. Jude said, I will therefore put you in remembrance, though ye once knew this. You once knew this. You once knew the way of truth. You once knew the way of righteousness. The devil would like to erase this. He would like to delete this out of your life. He would like to uh, get, uh, send an avalanche of things to do to keep you so busy, so tied up, so preoccupied, gets you so addicted to so many other things that you find yourself ignoring God, that you find yourself, it's getting to be a, a fading, distant memory, the things that have to do with salvation. And you better tell yourself, I'm not going to be a used-to-be. I'm not going to be a has-been. I'm going to know this salvation. I'm going to be updated. I'm not just going to have it. I'm going to add to it. I'm going to add to what I know. I'm going to add to it. That's what the Apostle Peter said. He said, on top of the fact that you're a partaker of divine power and that you've got all things that pertain unto life 
and godliness, and that you're given exceeding great and precious promises, and you're a partaker of the divine nature, and that you've escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust or strong desires for carnal things. Oh, yeah. He said, beside this, giving all diligence, he said, you add to your faith. And he started listing. He said, add, add to your faith, add virtue. That's a, that's a moral strength and power and excellence. And to the virtue, add knowledge. And to knowledge, add temperance or self-discipline. And to self-discipline, add patience. And to patience, add godliness. And to godliness, you add brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, add charity. And he said, listen, if these things be in you, and they're growing, they're abounding, you're adding, you're adding. You're, you're not just going to stay stagnated. You know, you can, if you're not, somebody said if you're not moving forward, then you're going backwards. Somebody said, no, I'm not. I'm treading water. Well, you can only tread water so long. And after a while, you're going to run out of strength. You're going to run out of breath. And you're going to begin to gravitate backwards and downwards. Okay? You're going to begin to sink. That's what's going to take place. And you better tell yourself that I'm going to have these things, all these things that I can add. I'm going to add them. And that in doing so, and abounding, making them grow in my life, learning more about Jesus Christ, learning more about church, learning more about prayer, learn, learning more about worship, learning more about all the things that have to do with the body of Christ, then the writer is telling you they're abounding. You're abounding. You're going to be there, therefore unmovable. Always abounding, the book said. Always abounding. We want to always be in a forward motion progress, perpetually going forward. We don't want to start falling off to the right and falling off to the left. We don't want to be diminishing this one little bit. We want to be adding more, adding more to what God has given to us. And he said, if these things will be in you and abound, then they make you, they're going to make you, I like that, they're going to make you, that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, on the flip side of that, he said, but he that lacketh, if you're not adding, if you're subtracting, okay, if you're not adding here, he said, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off. You're going to be very short-sighted. You're not lifting up your eyes and looking down the road. You're not, as uh, Brother Marvin said tonight, you're not thinking about heaven. You're not thinking about eternity. You're not thinking about something beyond this life. And this life is very short. Your life is short, okay? It's very short. I can tell you about young people that went to church here and went to school here, that they're dead, they're gone, they're out of here. And it was early age. We had one young man that... that uh, left our academy and quit coming around the church and being around the church family. And uh, he got to going down uh, towards the lake where they were all drinking and doing wrong things. And one night he was coming and he was speeding because he was drunk and he got in a wreck and he went face first through the windshield, just cut his face to pieces, to pieces. And he went flying out over the front of the car into the road dead. Just a young man, a young man. Let me tell you, there's a lot of examples I could give you, and I'm not trying to scare you, though the Bible tell, did tell me to pull you out of the fire with fear, that I could somehow convert you to the right thinking, that I could get your mind on the right track. You better know something tonight, that you've got a God out there that loves you. He's trying to reach you. You've got a church that's trying to help you, and we're trying to all 
add to what we know. I want to grow in grace and knowledge. I want to add to what I know. I don't want it to be said of, the, of me that I once knew this. I once knew this. Oh, God, no. I want to be able to say, oh, I know this. I know this. Present tense. So if these things, if you're lacking in these things, then you're blind, the book said. You cannot see afar off. You're not able to look down the road. You can't see past the end of your nose. And hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Don't forget. Let it be so real what God has done for you. And I tell you, if you've come up in the church, you need to, be, you need to pay attention in Sunday school. You need to pay attention in services. You need to involve yourself in the work of the Lord. You need to be involved in outreach. You need to be involved in everything the church is doing. You're sitting in front of a thing playing all the time. Shame on you. You're, you're, you're absolutely missing the boat, okay? You need to ask yourself, what am I doing here? What in the world am I doing? I need to get involved with what's going on. I need to grow up here. I don't need to be a little child. I need to grow up in Jesus Christ. I, need, I can tell you about a young man uh, that I was around recently. He started his first church at 14 years of age. Now you think about that. Now he's married, he's got a child, and he's still starting churches. He's still doing the work of the Lord. Come on now. What are you doing? What are you doing? Done under leadership, of course. But you work under leadership. He that lacketh these things, though he's blind, he cannot see afar off. He hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. And he said, but wherefore the rather? He said, don't do that. He said, do the other. In other words, he refers back to adding. Let's add to what you know. He said, wherefore the rather, brethren? He said, give diligence to make your calling. Everybody said, my calling. My calling. And election. Everybody said, my election. my election. Okay. He said, so you, you be sure now. That you choose the rather, you choose the good, and that you give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. You'll be too strong for the devil. You hear me? You'll be too strong for the spirits of this world. Spirits that want to pervert your life. Spirits that want to turn young ladies into guys want to turn guys into girls you'll be too strong for those spirits okay you'll be too strong for those spirits you know all of those hollywood types who live those kind of lifestyles okay who are all mesmerized and taken with that and they've made it vogue they've made it the end thing and and of course they make fun look down on anybody who isn't like that and, of course, there's so much pressure. If you want to be in, then you've got to show that. Don't you know that in all of these different things, uh, uh, movies and, and television things, that they have made it absolutely the law, if you please, in Hollywood, that if they don't write it into the script, some favorable light and showing of homosexuality, that their little thing is never going to make it to the screen. It's never going to make it. It's never going to get on, on the screen and never going to make it to video or whatever. It's never going to, so to speak, it's never going to see the light of day because they want that in there. And I'm telling you, that community, that's the lifestyle they've chosen. And they don't want it to just be an accepted lifestyle. They want it to be the lifestyle. They want everybody to be that way. You better wake up and realize 
you better realize that God's lifestyle is the one that you're being given. It's the greatest lifestyle. I don't have to put the others down. I don't have to put anybody down. I just have to put Jesus up. That's all I got to do. Put him up. His lifestyle is the greatest lifestyle. And everybody, everybody can have that. You hear me? Everybody said praise the Lord. But how much more you that know, you that have it, let's not find ourselves in the category of those who once knew. Let's be in the category of I know and I'm adding to what I know. I'm growing here in grace and knowledge. So remember what he said. If you give diligence, make your calling and election sure, if you do these things, you'll never fall. And then he went on to say, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But, you know, our job also is not to be negligent, to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though ye know them. That means we're going to tell you again and again and again and again. You know what the uh, piano player, piano teacher would tell you and the, the guitar picker would tell you and, and other professions that practice makes perfect. We're going to do it again and again and again. And we're, going to, we're not going to lose this. We're not letting it go out of our computer up here. We're not going to let the enemy steal this. We're not going to let him get us distracted and involved in so many other different things. And when this world comes around, their crowd, and they're going to these different places, and they're creating a peer pressure, okay, and what we call a negative peer pressure, that we're not going to be affected by that, that we have created a positive peer pressure, and we're going to do it the right way, okay? Isn't that nice? We like to do things Jesus' way, and that's the right way. That's the right way, the proper way, the godly way. Amen. So he said, I'll not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though you know them, and be established in the present truth. Think about what you're being established in. Thinking about, think about the kind of rooting and settling your, is being done in your life so that you know what's right and that you won't be moved by every little thing that comes along, every little spirit that is unleashed on this world. And believe me, they are being unleashed. And, and more and more inventions, more and more things to, to, for people to say, oh, look what's cool, and run after that. And they're, the problem with them is they're unstable. And that's why they hop from one thing to another, because they have lost their identity. They don't know who they are. And that's why you've got girls trying to be guys and guys trying to be girls, because they don't know who they are. You know you're a son of God. You know you're a daughter of God. You stay with the truth. You stay with what's right. You need to know who you are. You need to claim that. Be solid in that. Amen. And he said, you can remain standing. He said, I think it proper, as long as I am in this tabernacle, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. And everybody said, praise the Lord. We're going to keep reminding you. We're going to keep teaching you. And we're going to, Brother Weekly can tell you how many different ways they uh, plow a field, you know, back and forth, different ways, diagonal, all kinds of things, friend, because they want to get all of those weeds out of there. They want to get rid of all the junk in there. They want to get that 
good, rich soil prepared because they're fixing to put some good seed in it. And they want to bring up a good crop. And that's what your Bible said. There are those that have an honest and a good heart. Oh, God, creating us a clean heart. And give us a good spirit, renewing us a right spirit, a right attitude. That when the word of God comes my way, that I'll, I'll open my heart to it. I'll open my heart to it. I don't want to be among that number, dear God, that the book said they were having, having been saved, that the Lord wound up having destroying them because they fell after a horrible example of unbelief. They started not believing God, and they started believing the devil. That's what it amounts to. They listened to what he had to say. Why do you think one-third of the heavenly host got talked out of heaven? Can you imagine that? But I tell you, people get talked out of the church. They listen to the wrong spirit. They listen to people and their ungodly speeches, their hard speeches, and the kind of words that they use, and the kind of arguments that they bring because of the spirit that's a part of it. And the first news you know, they're listening to it. They're giving ear to it. And it appeals to their flesh and to their baser nature. And they wind up going out of the church. And my God, what a horrible thing to have to be among a number that, though you once knew this, instead of being among that number that I know him. I know him right now. I know what's right. And I thank God for what's right. Let's lift our hearts with our hands. And while we're at it, why don't we just begin to make our way to the front, worship the Lord.